You're listening to The Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Hey, fellas, it's Aaron Rose, producer of The Better Man Podcast. We have a real treat for you today. We have Dr. Tony Evans and George Foreman having a discussion together, and we just get to listen in. You know, I'm in my early 30s right now, and I often kind of think about what would it be like to go back to high school or college and redo those times in my life? I don't know about you, but I would completely change how I spent my time, my energy, my focus. I don't think I would be as distracted because having a decade plus worth of experience since that time in my life, I have perspective and I understand there's a lot of things I worried about that just don't matter. Well, today's episode is like a cheat sheet for whatever stage of life you're in to be reminded of what's truly worth spending your time, energy, and resources on. Helps give you a kingdom perspective. These two men have performed at the top of their respective fields. Dr. Evans is a generational pastor. George Foreman, a generational boxer. Think about being the best at whatever your craft is, and that's what these men are. See, they've done it, And they can look back at their life now that they're in their 70s and show us what actually matters. So guys, I'm excited. Let's listen in and let's be encouraged. It's good to be with you. Always. In your home. What a lovely home and a lovely uh, place you have here, you and your family. And uh, uh, I'm excited about the history, your history goes before you, <laughs> before the whole world, but, but uh, I've appreciated it. And I know um, one of the common burdens we share is the condition of men today. Uh, when we look at you know, all that's happening in our families, our communities, our cities, um, what's your take on the causes of where we are right now, particularly with men? Oh, yeah, this is so important to realize that there's hope still bound. No matter what I see, no matter what I feel, hope has gotten me this far, and I think it's going to carry the world on with a lot of hope. I still believe in hope. Well, that's a great word, uh, because hope is always future-oriented. Hope is is where you're going. That's right. It gives you something to look forward to. Um, When you talk to men, what do you tell them to encourage them with that kind of hope? Or what do you, how do you try to inspire them with hope? Because so many have given up and lost Yeah, hope. it's easy to give up. And we were talking early on with my friends and I about how it's not an easy thing to win or put your mind in a position to think, I'm going to win this. And I try to teach them about winning. And it's not about how many times you've been knocked down. How many times are you going to get up? And, and everybody figure, well, I've been down. Well, we've got to continue to get up until we get out of this life. It's about getting up. And you keep that spirit of fighting, getting knocked down, and keep getting up. Was there ever a time you felt like you were going to give up? Oh, I had a lot of times when I thought this is the <laughs> end of me. Okay, all right. Uh, a couple of times I've gone into, a, especially, you know, in your room, and uh, things have gone so far wrong, and I was like, I'm an encourager of men. And I was giving myself one of those speeches and I'll say, hey, I don't want to hear any of this now. Mm-hmm. I've had enough of that. And the next day, 
I'm here. But there are times when you just gotta the one you you uh you eat what you cook. And I'd been cooking hope so long in the oh, spirit of getting oh. up that I had to end up eating. So it. you got the hope recipe. You got what you're telling me. You <laughs> Sometimes got the hope you recipe. don't want to eat it. You know, like, <laughs> but it's good for you. Yeah. All right. So when I'm ministering to men across the country, you know, in Exodus 34, verse 23 and 24, God told the men, He said, I want all the men to come meet with me. He didn't let the women come. And he said, if I can get all the men to meet with me, I'll save your nation. Uh, uh, uh. So there's a direct correlation between men getting right with God and coming together with each other to the well-being of our communities and our whole and our whole nation. So I'm not surprised that the enemy wants to get rid of men because he wants to destroy our nation. But if we can instill that hope in men so that they see that tomorrow can be better than yesterday and where I'm going may be better than where I came from. And look in that windshield and not that rearview mirror. We can, we can stir <laughs> something up. windshield and not that rearview mirror. <laughs> because, we're, because the windshield's a lot bigger than yeah, that rearview mirror. Telling you. Now, we need to know where we came from. So I'll, it's okay to glance at it, as long as you don't live in it. Because where we're going has got to be bigger than where we've come from. When you are seeing, when you are seeing men, like the, even the men that you work with in the church and in the community, when you talk to them, is there other particular stories that rise to the top and you say, this problem is repeating itself over and over and over again. You, and I tell myself that all the time, as well as the men, I've been, I've come from below the bottom, risen up to the top, champ of the world twice, achieved everything there is to achieve in this life. But until I got with God, I learned that there's really a Jesus Christ, then I found a pathway to freedom. And I explained to them, you're striving, but there's more to strive for. And give everybody that thought, it's like, okay, there's more to this than what meet the eye. You gotta find a little help from God. All right, so the faith message and our relationship with the Lord becomes a critical part of a man reaching his potential. And if a man is going to become all that he was created to be, I mean, the first man, Adam, when God made him, he gave him a job. He told him, take care of the garden. But then he gave him his word. And he said, you know, from every tree of the garden, you may freely. He did all that before he ever created a woman. <laughs> so the idea is, I don't want to bring a woman into your life until you're right with me, because you're going to mess her up if you don't get right with me. So he always wanted men to be connected to him in that relationship point that you were making. Yeah, that's so, get connection with God, you got it made. It's going to be rough. Still going to get knocked down, but that connection will keep you on your feet. Absolutely, absolutely. So when you've been, how should I say this to you, knocked down, <laughs> and you had to uh, recover. Let's say when you were going back to your, your corner, and you had to talk to yourself to kind of raise yourself back up because maybe it wasn't going like you wanted it to go. After you had come to faith, how did your faith influence your ability to get back up? And it's strange because after I found religion, found myself in the hand of God, I just couldn't understand how I made it that far without faith in God. Because you go down and you depend on yourself. I'm going to get up and I'm going to get this guy. I'm going to get up and I'm going to get this guy. Then all of a sudden I made another comeback and I got hurt damage, 
all the things. You lose your wealth, all these things. And without faith in God, I don't think I could have made it. And I, and I wondered years later, how did I make it? How did I come so far without my faith in God? And I realized the end of the message is faith in God. And that carried me up when I'd get into the ring and get hit hard, couldn't see, looking around. <laughs> you know, you, and you got to fake like you can. The best fighter in the world is an actor. Mm-hmm. And the guy hit you so hard, and you said, that didn't hurt. What are you saying? Yeah. <laughs> you go back, and you want to cry. Uh, I hear you. And, I yeah, hear you. and your corner asks you, how do you feel? And you can't tell them, man, I don't feel anything. What is your greatest moment as a man? You, when you say, my greatest moment as a man was? Oh, to the, have the feedback from your grandkids. Ah. Oh, to look up and have grandkids. And just the other day, I was just telling my friends there, one of my grandsons said to me, he's about eight years old, had a little backpack on him. He said, I get to spend the whole day with you. And that was like richness beyond imagination. What you just said, what you just said, oh my goodness. Your greatest fame is, is not two world championships is not, you know, the notoriety is not the grill. (laughs) It it is your family. It's all about family. It's all about family. And the kid said that he wanted to be with me. And that was a thrill beyond anything that I ever achieved. I got all these championship belts and title belts and all of that. But when that kid said that to me, I was somebody. Well, you know what? I can identify with that. Um, to have my family, we, we eat dinner together once a month. We did that since they were growing up. We ate breakfast every, every Sunday together after church. Then we, all of us, eat dinner. Um, my wife passed a few years ago, but we still maintained that closest of family. And, you know, we started our church with 10 people in the house. Okay, it's 10,000 now. <laughs> We started with a, a little small living room. It's 350 acres now. We, you know, I've written 150 books. All of that, as great as it is, doesn't compare with the first Sunday dinner Man. with my kids, grandkids, and four great grandkids. Of course, it reminds me I'm old too, <laughs> but that's a whole nother story. Uh. But if we could get men to own the responsibility of family, Okay, maybe you didn't grow up in a good thing, and you you didn't have a good dad, you didn't have a good role model, but you don't have to let your past define your future. And if we could get men to be committed to their marriages and their children, then we can create better men who are making a difference in a culture that's sinking fast. And I'm just grateful that you have that kind of family commitment, you know. Yeah, the family makes you get up. There come a time that it's not about fighting for yourself. You got to have a reason to get up. And family has been that for me. You know, it makes me think of uh, Joshua 24, 15. Uh, the, the children of Israel were being affected negatively by the culture they were in. And then Joshua stands up and he says, now y'all can do whatever y'all want to do. But as for me and my house, up in this crib, <laughs> up in here, uh, this is how we're going to roll. Yeah. We are going to serve the Lord. That's we can it. get men to stand up in spite of the culture that is trying to, you know, social media, the media, you know, uh, a lot of 
anti-Christian worldviews are kind of everywhere right now. So we need a generation of men who take a stand for God with compassion, but with biblical clarity and bring the two together. Not be uh, with compassion, but no truth, or with truth, but no compassion, but to partner those two together, we can, we can see a revival up in here. That's right. That's why I say hope. That's, That's right. So much hope. That's so much hope because I believe in these scriptures. I really believe them. And we have we have we have illustrations in the scripture of God turning turning environments around. God told Abraham. He said, "You know, Solomon and Gomorrah was in trouble." So he said, "But if you can find me fifty righteous, I won't destroy the city." So this one man, and he says, and if you can't find him, I'll build a whole nation starting with you again. So God, God doesn't need a lot. He just needs the right stuff to work with, you know, and the right men to work with. Praise God for the women, but he never meant for women to replace the role of men in the home, in the church, and in the society. Now, what are you seeing with church? I mean, because a lot of men have left church because they don't think church is relevant. How is, from a pastoring and shepherding standpoint? Well, you, you, you have a message. It's meant for men, you know, because I've always seen uh, my mom and her friends, all the women going to church. Mm -hmm. When you get a man to go to church and you get another man to go to church, you've really got something going for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so in church where I go, I try to get a message for the men to come on out, mm -hmm. make certain the, the, the women are not just preaching, send some money to church. Right, right. Bring yourself on out to church. And I keep that message going because once we do, we get in a row. It's like a football team. We're going, we're going to get a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, well, when the men join our church, we tell them, we won't let you join if you don't agree to serve. Uh -huh. You can't say, preach to me, sing to me, counsel me, marry me, bury me, but don't expect nothing from me. That's a leech. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, we don't want Just leeches in, in the pew. Right, yeah. right. Because men would thrive on challenge. And a lot of times men aren't challenged in the right way enough. And if they get challenged in the wrong way, then they, you know, they'll, they'll wind up going in the wrong direction. But if we can challenge them in a righteous way, but also that gives them value as men, then I think we can get more attention from men in terms of them becoming the men that God created them to be. Uh, Ezekiel 2230 is another, another powerful verses. It says, uh, I look for a man so that I would not have to curse the land, but I could find none. Now, there were plenty of males, but he said I couldn't find a man. So evidently, you can be a male and not a man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that's what we always encourage, you know, step up to the bat. You, know, you can be in a wheelchair and be one of the great, most great men in the world. Without legs, even, you can still be a great man. All you got to do is have that spirit to lead us into a better life. Now, who, who are your heroes who, who, as, as men, the, the certain men that you've... Yeah, that, I, I've had a few in my life. First was, uh, was uh, Lyndon Johnson, who was president of the United States. Okay. And the great running back, Jim Brown. Okay. And they did a commercial. So if you're looking for a second chance, join the Job Corps. Get yeah, I recovery. remember that. Yeah. And those people encouraged me. And I'll never forget that. And it gave me an idea that my life would not have to be built around what I had to say for myself, but what I was going to say for others. Okay. Those men, that, that really gave me a lot of uh, uh, encouragement. And the reason, reason why I think that's so important is men need other men they can look up to who are positive role models. 
and not just negative role models. And getting men to own the responsibility of being a role model and getting them in front of young men who can see them modeling so that they don't just hear it preached at them, but they can walk it, it and yeah. talk it and see it. One of our challenges, of course, is that so many men are missing, particularly from the home, that we've got to have surrogate men to step up, whether it's uncles or cousins or, or, or quality men in the church, to step up and feed. We have this thing where we, uh, we send our men into the public schools and, and one man with four boys, and they meet with them one hour a week just to get, because so many of them don't have fathers in the home, to give them inspiration to see that you can be, you can be successful. You can have dignity. You don't have to abuse or berate women. You can, you can live as and and still be fully man, and be honorable at the same time. So, so this modeling. That's why that hero thing matters. Well, you know, you're a big hero to a lot of people because you got a comeback story. <laughs> <laughs> you got a comeback story. You didn't yep. quit. But that was this first coach of mine, Doc Brodus, Charles Brodus. I met this man, and I don't know why he, didn't, he never gave up on me. I can't figure, it out, figure that out to this day. Mm. He never gave up on me. I didn't know what that was all about. He just saw something in me that I never saw, and he never gave up on me. You can be champ of the world. You can be an Olympic champion. Wow. And then I'd fail him and fall on my face with other problems outside, just act like nothing happened. So you're right, there's a lot of men out there who can build nations, just one. It just took one Doc Brothers in my wow. life. One Doc Brothers. he never gave up on me. And I learned never to give up on that him. That meant he believed in you. He believed, he saw something I couldn't have seen. He believed in me and he taught me how to box and would go to sleep comfortably. I said, he's gonna put me on the ring with these guys? What if I lose? <laughs> that had nothing to do with his thoughts. He never stopped believing wow. me. that's great. Well, I had the privilege of having a hero in my home, my dad. Yeah. Uh, my dad was a longshoreman. Uh, he would load and unload boats in the docks of Baltimore, Maryland, where I was born and raised in urban Baltimore. And when he got saved, when he accepted Jesus Christ, he fell in love with God's word. And so he started having family devotions. He took us to another church where we were going to be taught the word because he didn't feel we were learning it there. He would always instill biblical principles. He would, I remember I got suspended from school for fighting one day. It was eighth grade. I got suspended from school for fighting. And they had to call my father to come get me because I had been suspended, which meant he had to clock out, which meant he was not going to get paid for that day. And that was how we lived. When they called him to work, he worked, clocked in. And so sometimes he'd go months without, without being called. But when he got called, he had to work. So he had to clock out, and he came up to the uh, school, he, and the principal was looking at him and said, you know, Tony Evans has good potential, but I, I see him kind of maybe going in the wrong direction. I thought I needed to call you up and, and have you come, but we're going to suspend him for three days for fighting. I'll never forget what happened next. My father looked at the principal and said, You'll never have to worry about him ever being suspended again. And I knew what that meant. Uh -oh. He was going to wear my bags <laughs> when I got home. So I go home now. So I'm nervous already because I know we had what we call sessions. Sessions is when you did something really bad. You had to go down in the basement and because uh, uh, the neighbors were going to hear you. So, yeah. he didn't want, so he took us down in the basement. And 
But what he would do before he did a session was he would make you wait in your bedroom and wouldn't tell you when he was coming. Yeah. So he was making you think about yeah, this yeah, yeah. event that was getting ready to happen. And he would ask one question. When we went down to the basement that time, he said, are you ever going to be suspended again? Now the neighbors heard me say no. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. Are you sure you're never going to be suspended again? Uh, you know, I hollered out no. Well, just in case you forget the no you just said, Here's I'm going to give you something to help you remind you. Bam! Now, uh, it wasn't abuse. Of course, it felt like it, but, uh, but, but he was a disciplinarian. But then he would hug you. I love you. God loves you. And God wants you to be the man that he created you to be. We call them kingdom men. Yeah. Men who are operating underneath the rule of God. That made me different and made our home different than a lot of the other homes we were raised in, even though you know, we were poor. So that, that, that father and his presence can change it and change, an app, change the thermostat in the house. Nothing like a full family. Yeah. Nothing like a full family. Now, what's your family habits now in terms of getting with your family? How do you all have get-togethers or how does that work? Yeah, you? my children now move some across the country. Right. We all try to find a way to get together. And mostly for my birthday, everybody's gonna be around. They like to meet up for my birthday, especially. Uh, that's what January tenth. January tenth. Yeah. Okay. I, I so remember I get that. Okay. All those kids together, they help celebrate the birthday, and I get a chance to be special for that day. And they treat me. I'm no longer the dad anymore. It's like I'm the son. Their right. Son. Right. They look after me, but we make those days special. And the ones who live locally, their birthdays, I'll embrace. And make sure we celebrate. Okay. Sit together and eat and talk. Well, we're not. We're both in our seventy-fourth year of life. Um, with whatever time God gives us left, um, you know, life is so uncertain these days. What are your dreams for the future? Because you keep hope alive. So, you, <laughs> with with what, what what does the future look like for you? Uh, a guy, I, I guess, from Ebony Magazine, <clears throat> man. Been what 19 such and such ago, 77. I was getting ready to go back into boxing, and he came out to my church, a little sign, Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, What are your plans for the future? I said, I hope to be here 20 years from today. That's all I want is to be doing what I'm doing 20 years from today in church. Amen. And now, today, I look at the sign, and I like I like another twenty years. You like another twenty years of doing the same thing. That's my future, is to, to stay where I am, and I've gained a lot by being that because uh, I've seen a lot of people come in, and they thought that they were on solid ground, and they didn't stick around. Mm-hmm. And I knew then the hardest thing would be to be consistent with what I'm doing, and I want to continue consistency do, is doing man. what I'm doing. That's it. Well, I'm 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 excited to to see that consistency and that you can be champ, yeah, or you can be wealthy, and all that stuff kind of get away. But man, if you can just stay where you, you are, you can keep stick what you with got, it. Yeah, if you can stick with it, right, that's special. Not throw in the towel. Just, no, <laughs> you bleed and everything, but don't, don't throw, throw in that, that towel. towel. Don't throw in that towel. I, I ain't finished yet. It. I'm not finished yet. Yeah. That's yeah. where I want. I am where I want to be, and I want to stay there. 
Well, this movie that's coming out, this movie, uh, which is your comeback story, your life, but also the comeback story. How did you feel about having a George Foreman movie? How do you how do you think it turned out, and what what's your message from that film? Well, the movie is first of all it's Hollywood, <laughs> which means I told them when they were doing the script writing for the movie, we met even in the house. I said, you know, it's my movie. They said, yep. I said, you sure? They said, my movie. I said, can I win the fight in Africa this time? <laughs> <laughs> the rumble in the jungle. Do I have to go for the rope dope again? <laughs> uh, That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. They won't let me get away with they that. They won't let you, they won't yeah. let you change the, nah. change the deal. <laughs> but the idea is people who will go out and see the movie, they'll see a man slam down, count it out, Everybody thought that was the end of him, and you work your way back out, up. Anyone can do that. All you got to do is decide that's not the end of me. And I love that I did a movie, but it's kind of scary because you think, man, a movie about your life? Maybe God doesn't need me anymore. <laughs> He's got a movie. <laughs> he got a movie. You don't need anybody running around testifying anymore. Well, what, what he wants you to do is after all these men across America and, and boys see this movie, He's just going to take that platform of that movie and give you a bigger voice Thank to you. talk to men about hope. That makes me feel better. Than, good, good. Because you think about it, you know, there's a movie around. They don't need you. Those things yeah. in libraries now. And, and it'd be picked up. Sometimes the teacher could play them in school. Yeah. You start thinking, what about me? Well, all you're doing is expanding your reach. Well, that's good. Okay? But it's still your reach. Ah, so my reach. So we're going to give up on that. But uh, the idea that uh, the movie was done in a, about a life, if I told you I drew it up and that's the way it came out, I wouldn't, I don't know how this happened. I'm just happy to be in that position to tell my story. Years ago, I had a, I saw a vision of a book open. When I, just as I had my experience and the book opened and writ, it was written evangelistic, 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 full of it. And now the movie has come out. Man, that's part of the evangelistic movement. Well, when I previewed it, I saw the story. I could see the hand of God just working its way through the ups and downs. Yeah. God is so good that uh, he can take messes and create miracles. That's what he did. <laughs> and and, and exactly I saw that. I saw him do that with you. And every man, boy, who sees this movie and the women who love them can look and say, that can be no matter what my background is, yeah. that can be me. And I can, it's not over yet. I'm that's still right. here, it ain't that's over. That's right. And it's so it's, it's hope, and then it gets connected to Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Our faith in him, our commitment to the Lord, our spiritual growth in his word, and not being ashamed to say, this is the foundation upon which my hope is built. Beautifully said. That's a, that's a song. My hope is built on nothing uh, less. <laughs> Jesus beautifully said. Right beautifully said. So thank you for allowing me to just sit and talk with you and and see you face to face. And uh, thank you for the for the life not only that you've lived, but for the message that you carry and have modeled, and that will continue to model for men. Thank you for having me. 
Hey there, podcast listeners. Just a second before you go. Today, we have got a bonus, a free resource for you called Five Ways to Be a Better Man. We know between work, family, and life, it can be really difficult to find and practice a good model for biblical masculinity. That's why we record these podcasts for you every week. And that's also why we put together Five Ways to Be a Better Man. So all you have to do to get this is go to betterman.com put in your email and download this great free resource. You don't have to try to be a better man on your own. We are here to help. So go to betterman.com, put in your email and get five ways to be a better man right now. betterman.com.